fate has dealt you a winning hand that gave you a finger to click this link. Welcome to the Dow of K, perspectives on life and social commentary from a leader of those that do not follow. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to episode four of the Dow of K. Uh, I just did an episode recently and I'm back in because I learned a new trick. You know, I'm working with GarageBand uh, now, so I'm going to get a little bit better quality. You know, uh, I'm not a sound guy, not an engineer. Like my man, uh, engineer extraordinaire, uh, the Dakota. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to do a little better this time around. Okay, so episode four is called Stop Clapping for Capping. All right? We got we to gotta cut it out. You know, capping is, uh, is, is getting out of hand. It's gotten out of hand. It is out of hand. And um, I want to speak to the truly real-life negative ramifications of capping. Okay? What is capping, you ask? Um, it's, it's, it's a popular slang now. You know, uh, no cap, all cap. Uh, you know, I, I, I see it existing in different um, frames in social media and in commentary today of this generation. And like a lot of slang terms, I think they come back around. Um, I first was, um, I first came in contact with the term cabin in uh the year 2000, which is crazy when I say the year 2000 right now. Like in 2000, Y2K was like the 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 like it was like the most modern shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Like it was the 2000s. You know what I'm saying? And now in 2021, when I say the year 2000, like I'm literally talking about like history. <laughs> But yeah, so the year 2000, I was in uh, Texas, and I came uh, down to Texas from New York, and I had it, then I, you know, and I grew up in Texas as a kid, but um, I wasn't really connected with the slang at that time, you know, like my slang was more East Coast, New York centered, street slang, you know, so a lot of things that they were saying at that time, I had to like catch up to, and Kaplan was one of them, right? And uh, the first time capping really hit me, I was uh, I was in the hood and and I pulled up on, on, on you know like some of my homegirls right, and they was like, there go capping K. I'm like capping, what the fuck you mean? I'm, I'm like me, I'm capping. You know what I'm saying? Cause the way I, I was associating capping with front, right? So front would be the term from like my era, right? And I never been a fronting type dude, you know, because fronting is, and then and then um, fronting is like northeast, and then I was I, I was moving around down south, like in the Carolinas, and uh, which had a lot of Florida dudes, Florida influence, and I met this dude from Miami who who was like, you know, doing what I was doing in in Columbia, South Carolina, and me and him had got tight, so he had put me up on some of the Miami slang, right, and in Miami they were saying flogging. Flogging and fronting was like the same thing, right? So basically fronting is acting like you have something that you don't have. You know what I mean? Or, um, yeah, basically, yeah, acting like you have something that you don't have. But flogging in Miami for the Miami dudes was a little bit different because, like, Miami 
was back then, like, I guess maybe still is, but back then Miami was like a source city. Like there were two source cities on the East Coast for the hustle game, right? So either a dude was taking some product from New York down south or a dude was taking some product from Miami up north. And like the southeast, like the Carolinas, Georgia, is where we would all like meet at, you know what I'm saying? So I met these Miami dudes and they was, you know, doing the same thing we was doing, coming from New York, they was coming from Miami, right? And so the Miami dude was like, he, he used to say flogging. So I was like, what is that? And he explained flogging to me. And I was like, oh, flogging and fronting is like the same thing, right? But flogging in Miami was a little bit different because like New York was kind of gritty looking and um, wasn't as like, you know, shiny as like Miami in that aspect. So like the, a lot of the, the stick up dudes in Miami, they used to call the Jack Boys. A lot of the uh, stick up dudes in Miami, they used to be flogging, you know what I'm saying? Cause, you know, dudes would come from out of town, like looking for work, trying to get a connect. And you see one of the Miami dudes with the gold teeth and, and, and the candy paint. And, you know, back then, uh, I forget what the rims was they used to have, like the gold, the Dayton's on, you know what I'm saying? And you see all that and think you just met the plug. You know, man, oh, I just used some young boy slang. You like we didn't use plug back then. We said connect like the, 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 the it was about the connect, not the plug. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Which is another which, which is another interesting uh, change of slang. But back then it was about the connect, not the plug. The plug will get your head knocked off. So the plug was to do that like a middleman. He knew to connect. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't really have the product that you were looking for. But his thing was knowing the guy that had it. But the, when you dealt with the plug back then, because the plug didn't have it. And, uh, you know, sometimes the plug would be opportunistic. And, you know, a lot of dudes got... Rob messing with the plug as opposed to the connect who actually has the product that he's trying to move. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so so that was one of the the, the, the reasons for flogging in Miami is to look like you had it. You know what I'm saying? And then like a dude from like Georgia or Mississippi or somewhere would see you in the club thinking that, yo, this is the dude that got it. But meanwhile, the dude is flogging, camouflage. He's flogging, you know what I'm saying? That he's really not that dude. But he has all these other things on him, the jewelry, the gold teeth, the car. That's the camouflage. So dudes would go for the flage and end up getting their heads knocked off, right? Well, in New York, it was more, you know, if a dude was fronting, he was just fronting. Like, it wasn't really, you know, nothing cool about fronting. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, which fronting was very popular, like, but it was more, fronting was more like a liar. You know what I mean? A dude that's walking. You know, so it ain't like the frontin' dude is going to pull up in the new car and he going to be fresh. The frontin' dude is going to be, you know, talking about, you know, me, I was with my man and, you know, my man got one of them. You know what I mean? Oh, my man ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Every story he tell, he in somebody else's car. He, he He's riding off of somebody else's wave. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 the frontin' dude, right? So when the when my homegirl said I was capping, I was like... You know, I took offense to that because, you know, you know I, 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 I consider myself to be a reputable, you know what I mean? And, and, and I carry myself in a way where, you know, my name rings bells, you know, in a lot of places where I've been. Matter of fact, everywhere I've been, you know what I mean? My, my name rings bells and I don't think I've ever been known for, like, anything suspect. Like, ain't no smut on my rep, you know what I'm saying? So for her to say that I was capping, I was like, you know, fuck you mean I'm capping, you know what I mean? And then she kind of explained capping to me. And capping is, in that respect, 
I was around some people that wasn't really used to seeing, you know, me doing what I do. And it wasn't too many people doing what I was doing the way that I was doing it in that area at that time, right? So to them, that was capping. So, like, for instance, you know, if you, you, know, you got rims on your car, because that's back when they used to put, like, TVs in their car and shit like that. You know, you capping. Now, you getting money. It's one thing to be getting money, right? But capping is like when you get money and you balling, but on top of that, you like throwing it in everybody's face. You know what I'm saying? You capping. That's capping. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and some dudes wanted to cap. Like, you know, like sometimes dude would say, you know, he high capping or he, you know, or, you know, he capping. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't as negative as one may say. It had a negative connotation to it, but it was also something that a dude, while he was capping, he could kind of like, you know, take pride in the fact that he had something to cap with, you know? And, you know, I was in, but in defense of me, in explanation, I was never just capping for the sake of capping, right? My movements always had a reason behind them. So, for instance, the day that she said I was capping, because I pulled up, and, you know, I had, like, the TVs and all that in my car, right? I, I didn't really have those things to cap, but I had a store at the time. I had a little hood store, and I sold all, like, you know, whatever the ghetto uh, uh, fabulous things were at that time. And a dude, and, you know, that's when the TV screens in the cars was, like, really kind of popping off out there, right? So a dude came in and was like, yo, I, you know, I know how to uh, install these TV screens in cars. You know what I'm saying? You should get a little setup in here. And, you know, add that dimension to the store. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So then um, he had like a display uh, case for the TV screens, right? And I, and I forget, I think he wanted like 1500 for the display case to put in the store. And I was like, man, I don't want to just spend 1500 for this display case and put it in the store. I was like, why don't you put them in my car? Because I'm here anyway. So that way, when the dude comes up, instead of looking at the display case... I could take him outside and he could look at my car. He could say, at the, at the time I had a, a, a Acura Legend. And you know, so at the time he could come outside and he could see the car, he could see the, and he could see your work. He could see how you put the TVs in the head. I think, yeah, he put the TVs in the headrest for the back seat and he put one in the visor for the front seat. So, so that was how you, you know, capped back then. You, you, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, literally had your screens lit. If you listen to any rap songs from Texas, like in that era, Everybody was rapping about the screens lit or the uh, or screens falling. Because sometimes if you had like a big car or SUV, you put the screen in the um, like in the uh, roof, right? And they would say like the screens falling out the sky. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so I you know I put the TV screens in the car. And she said I was capping, right? But I was capping for a reason. Like you know I was selling TV screens, and that was a way for me to you know advertise my product and. I ain't going front, though. <laughs> See, front Gavin, I ain't going front. I was capping a little bit, too. You know what I'm saying? Because it did have a little allure to it where you pull up and you got the screens on. You know what I'm saying? My daughter used to love it, by the way. She'd get in the car and watch, uh, watch cartoons on the uh, screen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, that, so that's capping, you know? And at the time, capping was starting to, uh, you know, capping was all in good fun. I didn't realize, though, how uh, how capping um, also was going on on a grand on a bigger scale in the real world and the negative ramifications of capping. 
right? Because um, I'm coming of age at this time in my 20s, and now I started noticing how capping was affecting like real world circumstance, um, particularly politics, right? Politics was all about cap, but I think in the 2000s, late 90s to 2000s, uh, it, it became the cap level, in my opinion, increased. Even though I'm quite sure the previous generations was capping as well, but it was like a different type of capping, right? And also, I grew up during like the Reagan years, during like the Republican years. And when the Republicans capped, the Republicans capped for power. Like, I think the Republicans made more power plays in their foreign policy, in their domestic policy. It was all about amassing power um, and abusing power. And um, a lot of times I was a part of the group that bared the brunt of that abuse of power. Like, you know, we, I was a part of the exploited. And um, when I noticed during the rise of the Clinton years and the Democratic um, rise to, uh, not really, I don't know if power is the right word, but for them, it was clearly more about personality and entertainment capping. You know, like that whole Clinton run was really, it was a lot of cap, you know, um, you know, the fake first black president, um, you know, all the, um, you know, popular, uh, popular culture references, um, like getting that, um, that getting that appreciation, the adulation from like the Hollywood people and all that, like they, that had been missing in American politics for years because it wasn't popular the same way, uh, especially like in Hollywood and the entertainment world, to embrace a Republican like Ronald Reagan as it was to embrace a Democrat like Bill Clinton. Right? And a lot of the Clinton um, agenda was sold as cap. It was all cap, right? Uh, welfare reform. Big Clinton thing. That was cap. It was it, it was based on the it was on the backs of of, of poor people, right? And um, poor people were vilified. Poor people were um, scapegoated, and to be like this great drain on the American economy. You know, like welfare reform came about because white people. Republicans and Democrats, white people of means, um, just couldn't sleep at night thinking that a bunch of poor blacks, poor Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and um, Mexicans were in urban areas just living the life of Raleigh off of welfare, which I'm quite sure, but capping. Captain played a big part in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were a politician or somewhere involved with the budget and spending in New York City, for instance, right? And you happen to uh, go by the projects or go into the hood to see your constituents, you know, and you would be kind of taken back to see 
all the kids with Jordans on. You know, not all of them, but you see a lot of kids with Jordans on. And when, like whatever was popping in New York, New York has always been a fashion show, right? So you always going to see kids popping out fresh, man. Like some kids was dope boy fresh, <laughs> you know, before they even began committing crimes, you know? And um, if you're a, uh, uh, you know, if you're a Republican or or, or right-leaning um, Democrat in New York City, and um, that's also during the rise of Giuliani, and um, you you know you you're in a so-called low-income community, and you see everybody looking like you know it's a fashion show and it's a party. But what really what they're doing is capping though. With what little that they have, what little resources that they have, they've put that on. You know, a lot of these clothes might have been stolen, might have been boosted. Um, they might have paid half price for it. However, but they, the thing is, though, by hook or crook, they were going to have it, right? So because of that visual of people who are actually in poverty, um, actually uh, 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 economically depressed, but because of capping, you know, they seen the <laughs> they, they you know they they seen the lines at 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 at, at uh, back then what was popping juniors and uh, 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 you know uh, City Island you know what I'm saying they seen uh, um, you know they seen the cookouts they seen the steaks on the grill at the cookouts you know what I'm saying and they thinking like yo they in the hood living good off of welfare. But they're not living good off of welfare. Like welfare is just one of the many um, sources of income that a ghetto survivor learns to use. But because they were capping and because the politicians were capping, they started throwing these terms around welfare reform. You know, we're going to fix the system. You know, we're going to make it to where people can't just sit at home and collect welfare. You know, they're going to have to work. And if they don't work, they're going to. Uh, be taken off of welfare, man. And all the uh, voting uh, taxpayers, primarily white, with a negative view of people in the ghetto and not understanding the difference between cap and reality, they made a decision to, yeah, we're going to pass this welfare reform, man. And um, as a result of welfare reform, an interesting sector of government spending uh rolls up and that's workforce development right so let me explain workforce development to you and capping right so workforce development is basically um this you know inner cities with uh unemployed um population that is collecting public assistance and in order to offset that sting of giving poor people money they came out with this law welfare reform and now these people have to go get jobs right the reality of it is though a lot of them don't want to get jobs jobs are really not conducive to what they're doing a lot of them the majority of them actually exist in the underground economy you know so they're not paying taxes um you know Everything they did do is not necessarily illegal, but you know it's it's more on a survival scale. You know, it's not doesn't involve punching a clock, getting a W two, right? It's not traceable by the 
by government. So therefore, they can do these things and get some government assistance because it's always been, you know, you needed more than one thing to survive. So this is part of people's survival. So let's just 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 to speak in number sense. Right. Let's say just for the sake of numbers and ratio and proportion, let's say New York City was spending a um, billion dollars a year in uh, public assistance. And every year the politicians capping would be like, oh, well, you know, one of the reasons why the city is so messed up financially is we're giving out all this money to these people on welfare. And then another group of politicians capping said, we're going to pass welfare reform and we're going to you know, help get the people off welfare and get them back to work. And um, so we're going to create this, these, these companies that do quote-unquote workforce development. Now, because of the billion dollars that was being spent, they created an industry, which is also taxpayer-funded, that costs about $10 billion to run. <laughs> So they're spending $10 billion in these so-called workforce development and forces of welfare reform, right? Spending $10 billion on that because they didn't like spending the billion dollars over here. See what I mean by capping? So that was one form of foreign policy of, of, of domestic capping. Then around the time, uh, I really, the, the, next, the next level of cap, where I know cap went out of hand, um, around, uh, around the time I was turning 30, uh, that, that, that last year before my world changed. And, um, I wasn't as into, uh, current events at the time, like on the world scale. I was more into the things that were going on currently around me. And there was a lot going on in my life. And like, uh, that was a extremely volatile, volatile year for me. Um, you know, there were some, you know, yeah, serious shit going on. So uh, I was so out of the loop with the, the greater world that I was talking to somebody and it was like, um, because where I was at, the, um, I, was, uh, I was associating a lot, not a lot, but I, was, I had like a significant amount of interaction with people that were either in the military or like military contractors and things of that nature, right? So I was talking to this guy, no, this woman, and um, her, someone in her family was telling me that there was about to be a war, an invasion of, of Iraq. I think we had already invaded Afghanistan. This is post 9-11. And the invasion of Afghanistan was uh, in response to 9-11. Uh, Bin Laden and them was in Afghanistan. You know the story. And then the next, you know, thing comes up is Iraq. And I was like, what well, Iraq got to do with it? You know, because I don't, you know, I wasn't really listening to the news back then at that time. So then I start paying attention to what's going on. And I'm hearing all the cap, right? Um, you know, Bush was capping. They was all capping. Uh, talking about, you know, what they was going to do. Um, you know, they brought all the, they brought all the, the stops out of capping. You know, um, you know, the religious aspect of it, it was, you know, American freedom, blah, 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 blah. You all know the story. Man up in Iraq, is, uh, it's been a shit show for years. You know, just, just, that, was, that was the result of capping. That was definitely capping going wrong, you know? So now, 
as the years pass, I'm looking at it now and I realize now, like, we got to stop clapping for capping. Like, back then, I didn't really understand the connection to capping and the response to capping, right? But it, but it, 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 it hit me over the years that once we clap for cap, meaning we, um, we, we encourage it. Um, like if politicians, uh, companies, if people lie to us and we constantly uh, reward the liars with we purchase their products, um, we vote for them, we, um, we carry out their agenda, all that does is to encourage them to lie even more, you know, and to keep the cap going. And I, in the social media, social media gets blamed for everything. I think social media is like, <laughs> social media is the pit bull of today's world. You know, back when the pit bull was first getting popular, everybody, no matter what dog it was, people would say, oh, it had pit in it. You know, like I ended up with a mutt. I don't know what type of dog it was to this day because somebody told me it had pit in it and I wanted a pit so bad. You know what I'm saying? But so everybody blames everything on social media. Social media is the omnipresent, 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 whatever. It's the, it's, it's, it's the major force that's in the universe now. It's akin to, dare I say, God. It's like the God of today's society, you know. But social media is the cigarette to the nicotine that is capping. Like, social media... Capping is the nicotine and social media is what delivers it to us. And it's delivered in ways where I got to social media late. I, didn't, I, I, I wasn't able to partake in social media until 2012. By then, it had been well on its way. I believe Facebook came out in, say, 2009, maybe, seven or something like that. I forget what year it was. But if you look at look at the rise of social, look look what it started out and look what it became. Like it started out initially as a way to reconnect with friends from the past. Um, then it be then it became about networking, and it was like very tame. You know, people would share pictures of like you know this is what I'm eating. This you know what I mean. But then somewhere along the line, the capping started, and once the capping started, it really just became about cap, right? Like the classic social media cap is like people would do something for somebody and they would post it. Like, you know, you see like a homeless guy with no shoes on and they'd be like, man, I bumped into this dude. He ain't got no shoes on. So I'm about to get him a pair of shoes. And and, and, they, and that whole thing is on is, is, is being posted and shared so people could tell them, oh, look how nice you are. Look how good person you are because you shared, you know, you bought somebody a pair of shoes, you know, and. Once again, you've heard me talk about the pleasure principle. I believe it. everything that people do, they do for pleasure. But there was a time when you would get pleasure from just doing something kind for somebody. You liked the way it made you feel to be kind. Um, but then in the era of Cap, you didn't do the kind thing because it made you feel good. That, just, that feeling good for doing a good deed wasn't good enough. You had to watch that good deed over and over, and you had to hear people. You needed adulation for that. You needed cap for that, you know? 
So then it goes to that. Like, so now you got that level of capping, man. Then one of the key kids, like I remember back when I also grew up in the era of, I grew up in the era of Al Sharpton, right? So Al Sharpton is my ground zero. But I'm quite sure there were people from generations before him. Although, I, from what I know of the people before Al Sharpton and before uh, what Jesse has become, dare I say, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm treading on some shaky ground here because I can't just totally discredit Jesse Jackson as much as I can discredit Al Sharpton. But um, I grew up in the, like, Al Sharpton came, came, came to prominence during my youth, um, during the Tawana Brawley case. And I just so happened to have a best friend from Newburgh which is, I believe, or where that whole thing went down at, right? And without, without, you know, kicking up dust for old shit, you know what I'm saying? But that was a lot of cap. But that level of cap without social media, but it, 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 it elevated Sharpton to a level of prominence that um, he was able to achieve because he sucked up all the air in the room. <laughs> no pun intended, because that's back when Sharpton was fat. <laughs> but he had sucked up all the air in the room, right? And he didn't really have, there wasn't, you couldn't really compete with him at that time because he caught the wave, he caught the attention, and all the attention went to him. And he was able to parlay that into a rather successful um, poverty pimping setup poverty pimping tragedy uh capitalizing off of setup and for years people just had to sit back and watch the show some people were able to get in on the Sharpton show but uh for the most part that was your only entree in and then social media people were able to do the Sharpton thing on social media and replicate it over and over and over right and then that's how you end up with the social media activists. You know, where now, but Sharpton comes from the era where he was there when shit was real. And I'm not saying that shit is not real now, but he was there with the people that was fighting the real fight. Not saying that this fight is fake, but it was a totally different fight back then. The stakes were totally different and people were a whole lot. They, uh, you couldn't play about it back then. Like there's no way that you could play civil rights during the civil rights struggle. Right? There's no way that you could play um, uh, um, trying to draw attention to uh, criminal justice issues during those years. Like it was really what it was, you know what I'm saying, and um, it's way more nuanced now, but it's still fucked up, and I'm not giving anybody a pass, but it's just the capping, right, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and she brought up this, uh, this rapper, this guy that was a rapper, and didn't really pop off the way he wanted to with rap, and then he caught the wave on 
quote-unquote activism, social media activism, right? And, you know, rap didn't really work, so that's kind of working. You know, it's giving, it, but when it started to give him something that he craved, which was attention, um, to be mentioned, and it was, there's a bag attached to it. You know, people fly him out when they march in some place and, you know, if, even if they just put them in a hotel and feeding them, you know what I'm saying? Gets them out the hood, you know? So, um, and then with him and so many others of that era, hate to say it, hate to say it. I, I hate to say this, but as social media and the tragedies that had been happening for time immemorial, you know, going back to um, I want to say at least since I've been home in, in the social media era I want to say the Trayvon Martin thing was like either Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown I think Trayvon happened before Mike Brown um yeah, that was like the first time that um, that that spawned a whole generation of like the of the uh, of the social media capping activist types, right? And where something extremely wrong happened and it needed to be addressed, and it was addressed by some serious people, some real people, some. Uh, um, What's the word? Uh, damn. I'm, yeah, I think I'm losing my mind because I'd literally be like forgetting authentic people. I'd be forgetting words that should be just flying off my the, the, the tip of my tongue, especially for somebody that call themselves one in a broadcast and podcast. Like, this is embarrassing. But uh, yeah, there were some authentic people, right, that were speaking out on it. But then the cappers, once the cappers got a hold of it, Oh, man, the cabbage going to run with it because that, that's what they do, man. And with social media, there's instant gratification to capping. Like, people literally clap for your capping, you know. So when we clap for capping, we just encourage more capping. And you notice, like, how something is so important at the time that the cappers are into it. And then it just fades away. It's no longer even a thing for real, for real, you know, like the most recent one that kind of that I find interesting was Breonna Taylor. Right. On, and this is this is in the shadow of George Floyd. Right? George Floyd got all the attention as if, you know. Nah, I didn't want to get into that, but George Floyd was getting a lot of the attention. To dare I say the expense of other victims of police violence. So the cappers um, latched on to Breonna Taylor. And the more, then I remember the first creative cap was somebody would post something, be like, yes, this, that, you know, like a, um, uh, um, yeah, you know, the, the 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 new such and such is fired and the Georgia's is hitting. Man, man, Popeye's got the best chicken sandwich. 
but they still haven't arrested the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. So that was like the, the cap, right? Everybody was like, you know, and the uh, you know, people would be, um, you know, the 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 Sean Kings, and uh, that's the only name I'm going to say in disparity. Because as a, I, I made a, I made a point as a commentator not to bring up people's names. You know what I'm saying? But Sean King get smoked. But anyway, like the Sean Kings of the world, you know, they they were all, you know, the cappers, who I would call, right? You know, it's Brianna this, Brianna that. You know what I'm saying? And then little by little, as with any topic of conversation, it kind of fades away. Then you wonder, like, was it really that serious to you that it faded away? Because the way when it was guaranteed for a like or some clapping, it was at the top of the... uh feed it was a you know same thing that came out of your mouth it's almost like back in the days you know when when a, uh when a, when a, when a, when a nigga um got into islam you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's the only thing that he would talk about for like every time you see him that's all he, that, that's the only thing on his mind having a little audio issue here did this help yeah, so you know, nah, that didn't help you. I got it. This is something else I'm gonna have to figure out. But um, um, yeah, like it's like back in the days when a dude got into Islam, that's all he wanted to talk about. You know, every time you see him, you know, he's like, brother, man, let me tell you about Allah. Let me tell you about, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, man, get with all that, man. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, like it was, it was at the top of the list for a while. Like, but then it just went away. I remember uh. I'm not gonna say no names on this one, but this 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 is this uh, encouraged me to do this a while ago. But I started watching this show on uh, on YouTube, right? And it was, and I didn't realize that um, on YouTube I found that like progressive politics is like um, a very uh, it's a very cappy place. A lot of capping in politics, period. But in political commentary is extreme cap, you know. But I was used to, like, the uh, right-wing cap, like the Fox News type cap, right? Because, you know, they got a big network that does it, you know. And um, I knew that, you know, like CNN was, like, you know, Democratic cap and MSNBC. But I didn't realize that there was a deeper level of cap. And that's what they call, like, progressive politics, right? And... Apparently, the progressives' politic cap doesn't really fly that well in the marketplace. So they're not, you know, the big companies are not really investing in it because it does the return isn't there. You know, like it's like progressive politics is like Christian rap. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it, you know, people do it. It's just music, but it ain't really like it's it's not hitting like. Gangster rap, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe better yet, pro progressive politics is like uh, so-called conscious rap, right? Where um, you know people do it, people like it, but conscious rap ain't like like I don't care, man. Like Kendrick Lamar ain't never gonna like at least in this frame of time, like you know he's not gonna garner the same attention that little baby gets. <laughs> 
you're just not going to get the same response talking that woke, rapping about being woke and politically, you know, that. That that is not really gonna compare with like you know somebody rapping about party and getting money and 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 messing with women. You know what I'm saying, or a woman rapping about party and getting money and uh, 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 you know living the life of a female boss. Like that's just more what people want to do when they're being entertained. You know what I'm saying? This escapism, this whole idea that music is supposed to teach you and educate you. Uh, not really that big on that, you know. I, that's that's what I got books and documentaries and stuff like that for. I don't really need. There's nothing that a rapper or a singer or even an entertainer. You're not gonna make a movie or a poem or a song that's gonna enlighten me in any way. Cause I'm like already kind of enlightened. You know what I'm saying? So like, the bar's a lot higher for me. You know. So therefore. You know, it's just not going to, you rapping about something is really not going to educate me or make me think any more than I already think. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people listen to music to escape or because, you know, they're thinking and doing real stuff all day. But anyway, so the progressive um, media is sort of like that, right? So I'm watching these these guys, these progressive dudes. And, and, and then progressive was mad white, too. It's like annoyingly white. Like the, going to drop some more names. Don't, I said I wouldn't do that, but like the Pod Save Americas and the uh, Young Turks. And it's like it's this extremely white space where it's just like white people being so white. And I don't, I don't dislike white people, but I don't like them that much either. You know what I'm saying? So it was just extremely annoying, you know, listening to that stuff. But I can't listen to the other stuff either. So I, I was going down the rabbit hole of progressive politics on YouTube just because I didn't want to hear other stuff, right? And then I come across a black dude, a black progressive dude, right? And he's talking this progressive thing, right? And, you know, it was a lot of cap, a lot of annoying progressive cap, but it was a black dude, you know, so I'm, you know, then he's doing YouTube and broadcasting. It's like other things that I'm into, so I'm, so I'm, I'm checking it out. I'm digging it. And then, um, you know, he brought two other dudes in, right? And these, these two other dudes that he brought in, they were... Uh, um, not on the political commentary side, but they were actually, from what I gather, they were actually in the hustle of politics. You know what I'm saying? Doing like, um, doing like uh, consulting, working on campaigns and things of that nature and seemed to be getting to some money doing it, you know? So I like hustling. I like getting money, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm, so I'm even more intrigued now, you know? So now I'm watching this show and these three brothers are, uh, you know, doing their thing, right? And the stated mission of what they were there for was like, literally, they were there to combat white supremacy and capitalism, which I'm not so much about. I'm not just blanketly against capitalism. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, they were talking about doing some real serious shit, though. They, they, they had some serious fish to fry, you know, and they were giving it a good a good go. They were giving a good go at trying to fry these fish. And I'm watching this shit every morning, right? Because my day job, we've been working from home. So it's like background noise as I do my job. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I'm watching this shit every morning. I'm digging it, right? Even though I don't agree with all of it. Because I mean, I don't got to agree with you to watch you and to be informed by you, to hear your, uh, your point of view. Like I used to listen to a lot of uh, right-wing talk radio. I used to listen to a lot of Rush Limbaugh. Um, and kind of Sean Hannity, but Sean is like, he was an intellectually, uh, low, very low functioning intellect, Sean Hensley. 
Hannity. Where Rush was a dumb cracker, but entertaining. And he, he had, he, you know, I liked Rush. I ain't gonna front. I didn't like him personally, you know what I'm saying? But I liked his show, you know what I'm saying? I, I really felt like when I listened to Rush Limbaugh's show, I was eavesdropping on white. Like, this is, like, I knew this is what they really think, you know? And I used to listen to Rush. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, these, these guys, and, um, and all this took place, like, around December of 2020, towards the end of, the, of last year, right? And then mid-January, um, a friend of mine invited us to D.C., right? Well, you know, had a little gathering in D.C., and so I'm driving down from New York and one of um, my friend's friends was riding with me. And uh, shout out to Ali. Ali Boombaye. Ali Boombaye. But uh, yeah, shout out to Ali. So Ali is a young woman who was running for state senate in New York State. Right. And um, so, you know, we're chopping it up. We're talking about everything because, you know, D.C. is like a four hour drive. So we're driving down to D.C. and she's telling me her politics and, you know, her her, pat, her platform is all of the millennial progressive fuckery. <laughs> nah, bullshit. Kind of am, though. But anyway, but yeah, so she's talking all that millennial progressive fuckery, right? And I like it, though. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think you should be uh, at the peak of your uh, optimism, idealistic fuckery in your younger years and you kind of grow into reality i hate to say reality but you kind of get more grounded with as time goes by but anyway so i'm with my friend i'm driving and i'm we're talking politics and she's hitting all the uh you know all the points that they hit you know what i'm saying very aoc inspired and um so i'm like yeah i said yo by the way i've been listening to these dudes um you know these three black guys and uh i was like yo you should check this out, right? And she didn't want to check it out. She didn't want to listen to it. But I'm just using this for the timestamp, right? So this is on January, I believe, 13th. January 12th and 13th, right? I've been listening to these guys since maybe December 12th to 13th, right? So it's been about a month. And these guys spent that entire month talking about, you know, how they were about to fight white supremacy and capitalism like like i said they had siri they had big fish to fry and, and you know and every day every morning they was frying these fish right and i remember i shared the link with my friend and then i spoke to a couple other people and, and you know people other and i was sharing it with people i was telling like yo check these dudes out check these dudes out i'm you know i'm quasi um what's the word um uh, uh promoting them you know and then one day i would say Around Valentine's Day, not even two months, 60 days, this whole uh, 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 thing lasted. And I'm, I turn on the, uh, the, the YouTube um, and there's, you know, the two guys are missing. And then so the other guys like didn't even mention why the other two guys weren't there like that day. So now I got to track the other two dudes down and then I hear them and, you know, and it was just. Just regular nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they was mad cause this and that and then, you know, when you know it went I was like, wow. It was all cap. At the end of the day, like that that's what really mattered. Not the issues, not the fight, not the struggle. I'm not saying it didn't matter, but it wasn't, it didn't matter more than the cap. Like 
the cap dude one dude was affecting the cap right and making it you know making it putting these dudes in a position where they weren't going to get the proper uh adulation or what they wanted from the cap so they pulled the plug on the whole operation because of that you know what i'm saying so i was like wow man you know, capping is capping is extremely important to these people. So that's why I say we got to stop clapping for capping, right? When we see people capping and we applaud it, we encourage more capping. And now everything is delivered in cap, so we can't even have a a, a real conversation no more. Everything has to be spoken of hyperbolically. Everything is spoken of in hyperbole. You know what I'm saying? So where something is wrong, someone blows it out of proportion to speak on the wrong, right? By blowing it out of proportion, you give the wrongdoer cover because now the wrongdoer can easily point at how you blew it out of proportion. By blowing it out of proportion, you compromise your credibility with the people that actually matter because the people that matter or the people that could actually tip the scale or affect change they're not the they're not on either side per se or okay that, that, let me let me rephrase that it's not that they're not on either side so whatever the issue is you have the you have the people that are not movable right you're not going to get them you're they're not going to listen to you they're you you're not going to get through to them like they had took a side of a particular issue that's up for debate or up for consideration or something that, you know, like we're trying to solve a problem, right? And the reason why problems exist in this realm is whatever the problem is, there's a group of people that acknowledge that it's a problem and that are being affected by it. And there's another group of people that don't even acknowledge that it's a problem, right? So therefore, this is why these problems don't get solved. Because something that's affecting you when you're being affected is a problem. But the person that's not affected is really not a problem to them, right? And then and, 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 and because of CAP, we've actually created a, 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 um, a, a condition where the people that are annoyed with you actually take pleasure in your pain and your suffering. So when the problem is your problem and it's affecting you and then you're speaking out against it, like they like to see you speak out against it. They like to see that you're going through that. Right. And so their initial reaction to your voice and your grievance and you trying to solve this problem against you is to try to act like it's not a problem. It's all in your mind. They gaslight you. Right. But when you are also being fast and loose with the facts, um, being footloose and fancy free with reality, speaking in hyperbole in response to them, like the majority of those people that are affecting you are immovable. And most and a lot of the people that are immovable are also irrelevant because they're also on the sidelines. They're not in the game. They're not even in decision-making uh, position. 
But because cap and hyperbole has become the order of the day, they're starting to get into those positions because that's who they're listening to. They're also capping. Like the, 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 the people that speak common sense, that speak truth, that, that, uh, that do accuracy, um, the people that actually kind of care about a fact as opposed to fiction, or, or they're not so, it's not so much driven on opinion, they're getting pushed to the side. They're getting less and less relevant. And it's all about the cappers. And now the cappers are ending up in positions where we just can't really have cappers. Right? We can't have cappers deciding United States foreign policy. Determining where we're going to, you know, how the military moves, how, to, how, how money is spent on the military or on other things. We can't have the cappers, like, deciding how to apply laws. We can't have the cappers deciding, you know, on juries. Yeah, we can't have the cappers making decisions of life and death of people. But that's what we got. I don't even know if it's, if there's any time left, you know, like capping has gotten so far out of hand. I don't think we could uncap it. I did an episode called Stop Cheating. And I knew it was extremely unlikely that the cheaters were going to stop cheating. You know, it was more wishful thinking. And I know that the cappers ain't going to stop capping. But what needs to happen. And what would discourage the captain is if we stop clapping for the captain. Stop clapping for captain. You know, when you see somebody fronting on social media, acting like they're actually trying to do something, but they not, stop, stop clapping for that, man. You know, stop listening, you know, stop giving the Hollywood people or the uh, country music people or, you know, stop letting them talk about real life shit like, like it matters. You know, stop when somebody famous says something that you done heard a million times acting like they said something deep. Stop when somebody does something nice, so-called nice for somebody, but has to post it even to the extent of possibly embarrassing the person that they're doing something nice for. Stop clapping for that. You know? Stop exalting people to uh, uh, savior-esque levels. You know, when a politician tells you, I'm going to bring jobs back, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to fix this. Stop doing it. Because they can't do that. They don't even have that power. They're just capping. And when they can't deliver on these promises, and they can't deliver these things, they can't do what they said they were going to do. Some of these things are not even able to be done that they said they're going to do. Or the way that they're going about it. They don't even got to do it. They just got to cap their way through it. And then nothing changes. Then somebody else come along capping. And we start clapping for that again. So stop clapping for capping. All right.
that's going to wrap up this episode. And this is my first time using GarageBand. <laughs> shout out to GarageBand. Uh, and shout out to me for trying to do a little bit of editing this time, too. Um, but hey, as always, remember that uh, fate has dealt you a winning hand. So you will always have a figure to click this link. This has been another episode of The Dial of K, Perspectives on Life, and Social Commentary from a Leader of Those That Do Not Follow.